This is the Straight Dope episode 42 using the craft website. I got a bunch of questions and some feedback already about the podcasts that have been happening and, and, and user question and answer. But uh, another one came out and pointed out that, that although a lot of people are using the Riflecraft website uh, to get targets, they're not necessarily logging it or, or even understand how to use it to track your growth. And, and I always say, like, I think that if your plan is to improve as a marksman, I, I don't see a better way to do it. But I usually stop there because people ask me questions, I answer them directly, and I've never really put out a specific kind of user end, you know, how to use the website to actually track and monitor your growth effectively. So I'm going to walk through a couple of those features, but I do believe that if your goal is to get better as a marksman, this is the path that is the path of least resistance for probably the most shooters out there. And I have dozens of pictures and messages and emails from shooters who have achieved trophy level status for their discipline, their outlet, from doing this for a few months and tracking it, some of which communicated with me throughout the process and, and got a little extra guidance. And so, some of them just started looking and tracking their progress. And in the process of doing that, kind of came to understand, appreciate the flaws that they have as shooters and were able to work on them on their own. But uh, the digital aspect, the, the the ability for you to log targets, craft it, and then some of the things that are incorporated into it, but maybe not totally obvious right off the bat, I'm going to walk through. So when you log into the main website, it says, welcome back to your journey. It has your email that you registered with and ask what profile you're shooting. And again, I'm using the full site to talk through because uh, that's the interface that I see and interact with uh, people and talk about on a regular basis. Now, this site's been up for a year, but we've been modifying it monthly regularly adding features and then building out features that will offer more analytics down the road. And so, you know, n nobody involved with this project was much of a shooter beforehand. So when we started to develop this, this is really one of those instances of like, well, if you, if you think that's cool, why don't you build it? And why don't you just jump in head first and see what happens? And this is an adventure because it's not something that I've ever done or been involved with, but it's a way of looking at it and helping. It helped me personally. It's helped many other people. And so you got to bear with us that that you know this is a, a work in progress and it's fueled and empowered by you guys, the users, the listeners, and the people that support it. I think it's going to continue to grow, hopefully becoming kind of a universal standard. But at this point, you know we're just trying to figure out as it goes. But what we have figured out the best is how to give you a glimpse at where you need to improve the most to start seeing gains rather than just doing all sorts of random shit. So when you log in, you say, welcome back. What profile are you going to shoot? And then I've got, I think I have eight profiles up here. I've got six arc, six creed, 22, BRA, BR, uh, my default profile, 308. I've got a couple gas guns and I've got a pistol in there. And when, if you want to add a profile in the top right corner, you hit the plus the plus asks you a couple basic questions. Like what's it, what's the name? The weapon system is it undefined, bolt action, handgun, or gas gun, because we're adding metrics and the ability for you to get data from those platforms. Enter the weapon weight, because in, in the not-too-distant future, weapon weight is going to be factored in when we start doing long-range prediction and ballistics for hit probability at a distance based on your craft numbers and the inputs that you have for the bullet that you're shooting. Um, it, it's going to start offering up suggestions for long range and hit probability, target size, uh, and and win stuff. And then what your caliber is. You create that profile, and then when you click on it, 
uh, it pulls up. And if there's nothing there, right, what it does is pull up a page that has a square that says start here on the left and edit profile. And then in the bottom right, it says add a target. Now, if you click start here, it gives you the option to click on one of the two targets that are available to, to subscribers or to, to, to users, the, the general craft target and then the positional assessment target. And you go and you shoot that and you know how to shoot that. When you click add target, you have the option on the bottom left to have undefined, which will be all black dots. And you can put them anywhere on that target. So once you get 12 dots anywhere on the, on the target, so you can put them all over the place because they're not actually anchored down until you hit submit. Then you drag those. And, and one, one problem, if you click them all overlapping, then they don't necessarily uh, stack well. So what I do is I just create kind of a shotgun pattern and then drag them to where I want them to be. And you can adjust them and get as detailed as you feel like you need to be. But again, this isn't um, one of those micro group pattern recognizing uh, tools. Those are available and, and they're handy and they do a really good job at analyzing the micro details of your group. This is a general thing. So if you're off by, you know, f five ten thousandths of an inch or something like that, it's still going to give you the suggestions that you need. So you could do it undefined, and, and, and that's actually what I tend to do the most is just drag and drop to see my general patterns. But if you want to, you can isolate out prone, kneeling, sitting, and standing. It actually puts colored dots on that target, which is pretty cool. Now, you can adjust it, so you want to make sure that, that you know, the, the bullets are approximately where you normally shoot them. And then hit Submit. And when you submit that, uh, it jumps you to uh, what we call the module page. And there's a start here up in the top left where you can click that and get more targets. Um, and then it gives you a baseline craft number. And that number is uh, accumulation of your shot group size and the number of fundamental flaws that it detects in that based on the patterns of the circles, the point of aim, the distance from them, and then clusters of um, you know, th things that the algorithms are detecting. So th that, ba that baseline craft number, it doesn't relate to anything that's in the shooting world that's familiar. It's just its own reference number. And it's, it's, um, the idea, though, is that whatever it is, uh, if you're getting better, that number is going to come down, and that number will come down for a number of reasons. If the group gets smaller, if the group gets closer to the point of aim, if there are less clusters of groups, you know, if you have four different clusters for four different positions and you make those three clusters, you, you know, the number is going to come down to a certain extent uh, because of all of those factors. Um, so you do that, and you log a few targets, and you start to get graphs and stuff like that. And then some people have asked, like, well, well, well you know, how do, I, how do I learn from this? Well, um, one thing that gets overlooked and not mentioned a lot that I just, one of the reasons that I wanted to bring this up is that, you know, just seeing it, first of all, and understanding that you have a certain group size is enough to motivate a lot of people to try to work on, well, why, why is it big? And why am I seeing these patterns? And so they go out and shoot. Now, you, I don't think you need to shoot a craft drill every day. And most of you probably can't, and most and 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 maybe not even every week. But if you're doing them regularly, you can track your fundamentals. And I don't think that most shooters need to shoot all that many rounds per week or per month in order to improve. They just have to be conscious shots. So when you're looking at your group and you think, okay, there's a reason that the shots went left. Well, this software actually 
can detect some of those patterns, and that's where it says reading. And so if you do click to expand, uh, the reading is predictive. So you don't get the same reading as everybody else. It's based on the patterns that the algorithms are detecting in the deviations that you're having from center. So those trends are actually like tips. If I was there at the range with you, I would probably say these exact same things. These are some suggestions on things to think about before you go to the range. Think about why they might be affecting your point of impact. How could you fix them before you shoot again? When you're dry firing, how can you practice getting that into it so that when you go to the range, you, you make a conscious effort to see if that brings your next shot in? So I just put in a random target, and one of the reading um, that I'm getting is uh, parallax. And so it says loading article, and, it, and then it goes on to say that uh, because we shoot at 100 yards, uh, we need to talk about parallax and so on and so forth. And, and it's not uncommon to hear about shooters shooting a bigger than expected group at 100 yards. And, 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 and in fact, Brian Litz made a post the other day on social media about this exact same phenomena that people see. And I have a feeling that I, I know what the answer is. Um, although Brian is 100% correct that groups won't converge because bullets are flying in, in essentially you know fixed trajectories that are limited by external ballistics and environmental factors, they're not going to converge towards center, right? The bullets aren't going to be curving in air. Uh, at least the bullets that we're shooting aren't going to be doing anything like that. So why would somebody say that they shoot a big group at 100, but a small group at 300? Let's say you shoot a three-inch group at, 300, or at 100 yards, but when you shoot out at, a, at 300 yards, it's still only three inches, which would mean that it got smaller in terms of MOA. Well, the number one error that I see when I hear people talking about recognizing something like that is that their parallax is off. And parallax isn't just bringing the target into focus. It's bringing the target into focus with the reticle into focus and having no deviation when your eye and your head changes position a little bit. Right? It, it, I mean, I know, I know there's a much better explanation for that, but that, that's kind of the way I think about it, which is simple. If your parallax is off you may actually have a clear sight picture on the target. And you may actually be able to see your reticle. But if you wiggle your head back and forth without moving the rifle, you'll notice that the reticle actually moves on the target. And your rifle's not moving. And the reticle moves. And the rifle's not moving. Now, if the reticle doesn't move between shot to shot because you have good fundamentals and you have good recoil management, you might actually print a really tight group. The thing is that... If you get off the rifle and get on, you may get on and have misalignment of that reticle to the point of aim, and you might print another small group, but it's left of center, whereas your first one may have been right of center or high or low. Uh, and there's about an inch of uh, variation or so that can happen with that reticle. So you could actually print like a group that is an inch or an inch and a half bigger at 100 yards than your normal zero of the groups just based on that deviation. So you get pretty significant deviation based on parallax at 100 yards. So you want to check that every time. And if you watch me shoot, it almost looks like I have Tourette's or a nervous uh, kind of habit because when I get on the rifle, I kind of tap my chest and I bounce off and I put my chin on the um, the comb and I slide forward and I you know get my sight picture and I do all these checks. But a lot of those checks are to make sure that I'm not inducing um, thing effects onto the rifle. And, and if you want to hear those input and output 
talks go to the podcast episode inputs and outputs because you have a profound influence on it. But one of those things that can cause um, even you know very very experienced shooters problems at 100 yards on paper is that they're not used to checking parallax. They just bring the target into focus and they don't do that head wiggle. And that can provide um, some really alarming shifts in your point of impact, especially if you're used to being able to print a very small group at a very centered up, um, on a, centered up on a piece of paper. And all of a sudden, wow, my zero looks like it's a 10th left. And then you get off and then you come back, oh, my zero looks like it's a 10th right or something like that. Um, so, so check it. And the group that I entered into this had clusters um, left and right of center. And so this says, you know, based on those, based on those uh, patterns that the computer is detecting, this could be an issue. So you want to double check that, that you can do that. And it gives me a number of things. But your targets are going to provide you with a list of unique reading. And we're always adding to those as we kind of figure out what is actually linked to those patterns. So we don't want to just put things out there. And these are the types of things that you would get at a class. If you went to a class and an instructor looked at your targets, they would suggest that you do this stuff. It's just that I'm not sitting there, but these are the things that subscribers are paying for us to develop and they're there. So, uh, so that, that's very important, right? And, and, and so are other things, but it's going to give you a predictive list based on your patterns that you need to double check. And it might do that repeatedly if you enter more targets repeatedly with similar predictions until, you know, sometimes in life I have to screw up more than once in order to learn it. I told you that before. I told you that before. I told you, if you're married, you probably are familiar with something like that. Like I told you to do this and you didn't do it. Oh shit. Sorry. I'll do it again. All right, and then it happens again and again and again. But at some point, it clicks, and you're like, oh, man, now I get it. So this is going to remind you, build this stuff into your shot process. It's like having a coach or somebody analyzing your targets because this is very intelligent, predictive software that's looking at your targets and saying, it appears like this could help what's going on. Now, it might not, but my guess is it is. And so if you're not looking at the reading and the article section underneath the base craft line number, or at least on my computer, it comes down underneath it. It says reading. And, and then I have four based on this one target. And it says zero out of four. Click to expand. Click that. Here's some things. And, and everybody's going to get the getting started. But the getting started one is basically saying, like, here's, this is important for you to think about. Here's some of the philosophy behind, behind why um, myself and others feel like this is a really good way to start the journey towards being a better rifleman. And so those readings, if you're not looking at those in conjunction with entering the targets, you might be missing tips and tricks and insights that a computer can detect, but you may, may or may not be able to detect. So I think that that's one thing that in there is very important to look at. Now, areas for improvement, that spider graph, um, the, the, at least right now, the things, you know, it talks about group size, the thing that sticks out the most in that graph is probably the thing that you need to work on the most. And, you know, and so that's the low hanging fruit. And isolated impacts are basically what shooters would call flyers. I don't think there are really flyers. So that means you, you screwed something up. And if it's only one or only two, uh, then occasionally you're forgetting to do something that you do on those other shots. And so this is saying, like, check your process because you're being sloppy, right? Isolated impacts or flyers essentially just mean you're being sloppy and failing to recognize something important. And that bullet reminds you to check your process. And if you don't know what your process is, 
listen to some more podcasts, figure out the shooting process, and um, read those articles. Get to trying to figure out what you need to tell yourself every time in order to make a more consistent shot group happen. Um, excess groups just means that positionally you're inducing consistent, but fundamental errors based on those positions. Vertical shift is important to pay attention to because the balance and the stability of the rifle, a lot of people get vertical shift standing, horizontal shift, a lot of people get that kneeling. Group size is important because the smaller your group size, the farther that you're able to shoot something, you know, of a consistent size. So if you shoot 2 MOA, then as we start layering in wind, you know, one of the ways for you to be able to shoot 2MOA maybe 100 yards past where you last had a miss would be to get better at predicting wind or bring your group size down. But, but we want to talk about shots that are made where you have a confidence interval that's high. I don't, I don't want to talk about 50% hit rate or 40% hit rate because I just don't think that you're learning much or much is to gain from taking like a 25% success rate shot at something small, you need to get better, bigger, so you have like a 95% chance of hitting it, right? You don't want to shoot at something feeling like you can't absolutely hit it if you do everything right. And so you need to know your shot group size and you need to know your wind reading size. And any day now we're going to have wind reading added into it and wind reading requirements in order for you to hit a target at a certain distance based on your craft data. And it'll separate out your positional stuff. Now this, this will be on the subscriber side, but um, you know, that's all that's, that's being programmed in right now because it's something that I think is really important for shooters to understand. If you're trying to shoot a small target at a distance, you know, then it'll tell you like, you can do that prone most likely. Uh, but, but, you know, I wouldn't do it from this position because you induce too many errors. This position, your max 95%, you know, shot placement based on a certain wind criteria might only be half that distance or, or whatever, but it's going to use that predictive stuff to say, um, Yes, if you do everything right, you can hit that target. But it is not uncommon and not unusual to have shooters shooting at targets that no matter what they do correct, they could do it 100% perfect, there is still a certain percentage of those shots that will miss the target guaranteed. And you don't really want to be doing that, right? If you go to a match and you pay money and you're trying to be measured or you're going on a hunt and you know uh, uh, everything that's invested, or you're taking a shot because you're trying to save somebody's life. You don't want to be like, well, you know, even if I do everything 100% flawless, there's a 50% chance that I'm going to miss right off one of those sides of that target. And the way you know whether that can happen or not is to know your wind reading capability and your uh, shooting group size. And then other metrics that are going into that. Some of those are more complex than we can enter just into the craft data stuff. And that's why we're offering the in-person unconventional skills assessment, which is a 200-point skill assessment uh, diagnostic class, more or less. But it's a class that will be run almost like an individual competition where you're going to shoot a course of fire. And based on how you shoot that course of fire, we'll be able to extract and tell you very specific information about your shooting in terms of your ability to build a consistent position, you know, certain stability factors, certain wind reading factors, strengths in styles of stages and scenarios and weaknesses that you can work on. But it's going to fall back onto something like this where you're going to have a base number and you're going to have readings that'll be able to suggest how to improve it because you, know, you can't go anywhere and somebody's going to give you some magic recipe where all of a sudden that evening you're going to be a remarkable shooter. You know, that's just not like that with anything in life. Now, 
a lot of us want to wake up the next day and miraculously have skills that we didn't have today. But most of us, it takes consistent and regular focused work. But if you put the work in the wrong place, you could be working for the rest of your life and not get better. So you want to be able to put that work in the very specific areas that need it for growth to happen. And on this website, you have the tools to be able to do that. You put the your targets in and those targets get recorded and date stamped. And as you add to them, it shows you your graph and your trend. And if that craft group is coming down and the readings are changing, you're improving over time. And I think that just that knowledge and just seeing that the work that you're doing is improving that over time tells you that whatever you're doing to train to bring those numbers down is working. But if your base craft number isn't changing over time or it's getting larger, whatever it is that you're doing, you're not improving as a shooter. And so being able to log it, quantify it, read stuff and have suggestions to point you in the right direction and then get that validation of, look, as I enter targets weekly, monthly, or however often you do it, and I work on those key features that the the website's identifying for me, and that number's coming. Now, it might not go from a 3.7 to a 2.7 in one target. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But if it goes from a 3.7 to a 3.6, you got better. And if it goes from a 3.6 to a 3.5 or a 4 or a 3, you got better. And you want to keep that trend consistently getting smaller. And if it plateaus, then you're missing something in your training that is required in order for you to do that. And so those um, regular and consistent uh, uh, data points, right, it's 12 rounds, it's really not uncommon for me just to go to the range and shoot a craft drill and leave. Or if I go out to do a wind day, I go out and shoot four or five rounds and I leave. Because sometimes you just want to validate that what you're training is working. And you could do some of it dry fire. You could do, you could do some of it conceptually in your head. Or with wind stuff, just a paper and a pencil can help you figure out you know, wind direction and angle calculations and using the wind rows and doing predict, like if the wind was 12 miles an hour and I'm shooting at 600 yards and I have a six mile an hour gun, I'm going to hold 1.2 mils. And you can work all that out in your head so that when you're thinking, it becomes a conscious kind of problem solving exercise. A lot of that stuff you can do in your head, but you want to make sure that when you validate it, you prove it with a bullet on a piece of steel or on a piece of paper that what you're training is working and quantifying that helps you validate your training. And, and if you go to a class or something like that and you come back and you shoot a rifle craft drill and it gets bigger or it doesn't change, like either you didn't absorb anything or, or they didn't teach anything that resonated with you directly. And so you want to figure out what brings your craft number down and consistently improves it in one area or another. And that should come down. I, I literally had somebody... Um, win a PRS match after having been like a mid-pack shooter and starting with a craft number of four, they brought it all the way down to a craft number of two, which is actually really small, right? It's like all, shooting really close to an inch and they won a PRS match. And so like that consistent effort over time that's quantified gives you empowerment, it gives you insight and it uh, provides you the opportunity to know that, okay, I have the skills that are important in order to do this. And then I do think that, that um, you know, most of those shooting skills that people lack can be practiced and worked and measured at 100 yards. But 
fundamentally shooting at a distance, you have to incorporate environmental factors in wind. And that's why we're adding that as predictive tools to say that, um, you know, with this caliber, the bullet, uh, you know, one mile an hour wind's going to move your bullet this much, uh, you know, more or less. We're, it, this isn't like a ballistics calculator. This is saying, you know, for the mo- we're, we're, we're going to be a little bit conservative with the wind drift numbers, but saying that, like, you know, if, if you're shooting, you know, group size of this much and you can predict the wind to plus or minus this many miles an hour, you will still be able to hit a target most likely, you know, we're, we can't guarantee anything, but we could say like 95% of the time you're going to hit a target of a particular size at this particular distance. But beyond that, in order for you to improve the target, you know, well, the target could be, could be get bigger, but, but, but either your groups should get smaller or your wind reading ability needs to get better, you know, and then, so those two factors combined can give you an insight as to what your hit percentage might be if you were to shoot a series of shots, you know, on targets of a particular size. And I think that that's really important because really that's what shooting comes down to, right? Can you build a stable position and reliably know that you're going to hit a target of a certain size up to a certain distance based on your skills? Now you can extend the distance by getting a smaller group or reading the wind better. You can do that also by getting a heavier, you know, uh, caliber with a better BC going faster so that the wind deviation is less. But one way or another, it's going to come down to your shooting and your ability to read the wind, uh, you know, as probably the biggest factors into why you're going to, you know, hit or miss a target. And we can quantify all that here. And it starts with entering those targets and entering that reading. Now, it'll tell you the time between your shots. And I think that that, uh, between your target entry, I think that's really important. Um, the stress stuff I think is important for some shooters and not others. It's not, uh, you know, I think it, I think it is important because usually a mild amount of stress in terms of time, not a lot will expose what your fundamental flaws are a little bit more. It'll exacerbate them because they're things that you're not necessarily as aware of. And so I'm not saying like freak out and have a terrible group, but usually once you've shot a couple craft targets, you'll, you'll unlock the, the stress drill. And basically that's just saying, you know, you're going to build and break from one position to the next in a certain time hack. Usually what that does is opens up the group and it, it conditions you to be able to identify, gosh, you know, when I went fast, like that shot went out here and what was I doing to influence the shot going out there? Cause that kind of, um, change in your point of impact is coming from the shooter alone. So what can you do to be able to do that faster and more effectively? And, um, and then, uh, you can edit your profile. You, there's a store link there and, um, there's a thing here that says, uh, what your shooter bracket is. And your shooter bracket basically tells you like what's the target size in inches or in mils that, uh, I th- actually, I think right now my thing here says that it is uh, my shooter bracket. Let me change up a different profile. Um, and uh, it's coming out in inches. So, um, but basically, you know, it's telling you without the input of wind, kind of how you would be able to mill a target with your reticle and know that your group's going to fall inside of those subtensions. And and I think that's important because when you mill a target and the target's smaller than those subtensions, you're basically saying that now taking a shot at that has a probability of hit that's not 95% or higher, it's lower than 95%. And 
you know, I think that the decision-making tree then has to take place because, again, if you do everything 100% perfect, there's there's a chance, and, and that chance will grow the smaller it is compared to that bracket, that the shot will not hit the target. You don't really want to gamble with a bullet, right? So you start that decision-making tree on, you know, do you shoot or do you get closer or what do you do? Um, but I think that's important. It's important for hunters and it's important for uh, people that are shooting at things, you know, and, and competitors, you know, because you could say, God, yeah, I missed that target four times in a row. It's like, yeah, you had a 50% hit rate every time. So you basically flipped a coin four times and got tails instead of heads. Now, statistically, um, you know, it gets less likely that you're going to miss it, you know, four times at that probability, um, the more you do it. But uh, each time you do it, it's 50%. So, you know, it's not unlikely that if your hit percentage is that low, uh, a certain number of shots won't end up in misses altogether, no matter what. So we're going to change some of that stuff very, very soon to include your shooter bracket, but your shooter bracket combined with wind and the uncertainty, uh, of wind at distance to show you where that crossover takes place between knowing that you can accurately shoot at that distance and what you may want to do to be able to shoot further and where that line is that turns it into uh, uh, increasingly more uh, type of a, what I call a gambling shot. And so that that's kind of like a quick walkthrough of the website and some of the things that are offered, you could have tons of profiles here, so you could have all your rifles. And in fact, like uh, you know, I guess it's a hack now because we don't have a portal for for courses. But if you had a course and you wanted to um, look at individual students, an instructor could theoretically create profiles for each of the students and then enter their targets there. I think like the best way if you're teaching a class and using this now is just to have a student shoot the craft drill and then you analyze their targets in person for them and then enter them or tell them to enter them there. But what they don't get is the reading and the analytics that go along with that and uh, some of those features that are embedded in the site. But if you're not looking to uh, read those trends and read the readings based on the diagnostics, you might look at the site and say, well, that's pretty simple. I may or may not want to subscribe or not. And of course, that's up to you because there's a base free model and then there's the one that all the features are being added to, which is the subscriber end. And so the more time goes by, the more the subscriber end is going to have more and more added features and the base uh, level features are going to probably just stay the base level features the way that they are. Um, which is cool because it's recognition. Now, if you click in the top left where it says Riflecraft, you get a blog uh, where I occasionally write blog posts, although I haven't recently. And then you get the store and contact. The store, you can buy T-shirts. We got a number of T-shirts. You can get a supporter-level subscription where you you know help to support the podcast and the website. And then the, right now, there's that course that we're offering that we're calling the Unconventional Skill Assessment. It was really a diagnostic of your strengths and weaknesses, but at a level that, that is unprecedented. Like we're, we're literally going down to the nitty-gritty to show you where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and what your overall capability in all of those scenarios may be and how to improve those specifically. And we'll do that in person, give you a document to show you the numbers and uh, offer up tips as that happens over the course of those two days to quantify and provide you with direct guidance on how to get towards whatever your particular goal is. So when you show up, like the only requirement that you have is that you have 200 rounds, you got your rifle, you show up to Colorado, and you have a goal in mind. And that goal could just be, I want to be a better shooter, or I want to be a better competitor, or I want to be a better hunter, or I want to, you know, 
do something else and um and then we can kind of tailor the demands of of those goals based on the numbers that you produce but we're trying to do it in an entertaining and fun way uh, and keeping the ratio, I mean, it's it's me and Frank, so it's the ratio is going to be small. And if and if we, um, you know, if somebody signs up or two people sign up, then we offer another date. And then if one or two people sign up, we we'll offer another date. We can't have thirty people there because you can't run thirty people through an assessment like that. It really takes that specific one-on-one guidance. And so um, we felt like I I really felt like that would be a cool way to get better specific data, but also really mentor shooters that actually care about their shooting. They don't just buy sexy, expensive equipment and then look at it, but people that are actually going out and trying to accomplish goals. That's the community that I resonate with in any endeavor that I'm involved with. The people that are really interested in accomplishing goals that they're not able to do yet, but they're so driven, they'll do whatever it takes to get there. That's cool because they're fun to work with, they're easy to work with, and you know that when you say you need to work on these things and here's how you're going to measure it and uh, go and give us feedback on how that progress is going. But, you know, I predict it would take X amount of time and this many rounds to get from here to there, uh, keep us posted. And my guess is that the people that come to this are going to achieve their goals faster than they would otherwise. So that's the quick run through the website and some of the products and features of it, but I would really highly suggest that you spend some time logging it and looking at it, uh, logging your targets and looking at those analytic features, doing the reading and uh, reading through the blog articles and the metrics that are provided because they really do, you're not going to see it and be like, oh my God, I just went from 50th place to third place. Of course not. It takes effort. It takes thought. It takes practice and repetition. And it takes that kind of... um, uh, you know, you know, put, putting some skills aside so that you could raise awareness on other skills, but it will highlight where your weaknesses are, and it will give you an opportunity to focus on those and pay attention to them. Because some of us just don't even realize what it is causing the errors. And so once once your eyes are open and you're looking for something, it's a lot easier to see it and make those changes. So that's why I think paper is the path. To getting you what you want, and then uh, you know, and shortly there's going to be a distance factor related into here, and tell you basically, you know, it can't test your wind reading ability, but it could say like if you if you plan on hitting a two MOA target at 800 yards, you absolutely have to know the wind to plus or minus this many miles an hour based on the rifle that you're shooting and the group size that you're shooting, or you'll have to shoot from you know prone or from kneeling or whatever your you know the 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 positions are that actually appear to be able to uh, produce consistent shot groups and patterns that would allow you to hit a target of a specific size at distance, which is using science and skill to provide you with information on your shooting, which is pretty cool. I like it. I think it's going to change the shooting world, but we've still got to educate and get that information out there. So the podcast started and I think it's fun to talk about shooting no matter what anyway. So the podcast is cool. I like it. Uh, but it, you know, subscribing to Riflecraft is still another way to, um, support the podcast and that's that. So, um, I know this was different than other ones, but you know, I'm just sitting down here talking about stuff. And if you have questions, hit me up, Chris, way at gmail.com. I'm Chris way on Facebook and gun around the sun Riflecraft and the Straight Dope Podcast on Instagram. Till next time.